1: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you this morning and every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We had to drop off my sidekick, the pup, this morning, so that's why you're hearing me a little bit later here in the studio, uh, one of the hardest things to literally do is drop your dog off at the Dog Groomer. And people might think that I'm nuts for saying that, but it is. It's liter- It's one of the hardest things to do, in my opinion. One of the hardest things to do. So, we you know, we dropped her off, and it was a pain in the butt, and I don't like it, and I'm not a fan, and I don't ever want to do it again, so don't make me. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. So, it's tough, man. It's really tough. So, you know, but we dropped her off and, oh man, it sucks. So if you ever, if you have to drop your dog off at, at a grooming place or at the vet or whatever, you know, I treat my dog like family. So, you know, she's my, she's my daughter in my opinion. And that's how she treats me. So that's how I am. And I'm not cool with, I'm just not cool with this stuff, man. I'm just not cool with it. So it's not fun, I don't like it, and it may be the annoying moment of the week. <laughs> so, welcome here to the show on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash DT. If you haven't become a member, make sure you do so by going to mixlr.com backslash DT and connecting with the show there. You can connect 24-7 by becoming a member, so make sure that you do so. And do that right now while you're listening in. So with that being said, in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny USA, it is our time to get into the annoying moment of the week, which is the first thing that's going to be jumping off in today's show. The annoying moment of the week, and I got a little little message before that, so we're going to do that, we're going to do the annoying moment of the week. And we are going to get into the Jacksonville Jaguars interviews after that. My one-on-one conversations with the gentleman, Safety Barry Church. He's going to talk with me about that hit that he put on Rob Gronkowski and what he took away from it and what he thought it was. So, you know, you're going to hear his side of the story. Tight end Mercedes Lewis is going to be joining me, the only man that's been with the team for a decade's time between 2007-8 when they made the playoffs and 2017-18. We're also going to hear from wide receiver and punt returner Jadon Mickens and defensive tackle Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson always making it fun for me in the editing bay because he's very real, and I love talking to him. Malik, I got a lot of respect for. And wide receiver Marquise Lee is also going to be joining the show. After that, we're going to shift to the other side of that matchup that happened in the AFC Championship. And Matt LaPan, Patriots writer at Pro Football Central, and host of Patriots Central Radio, will join me to discuss the Patriots' dynasty, Tom Brady, the Jaguars versus the Patriots, the Super Bowl coming up, and so much more. And then we will round out today's show with some conversation with my co-host that you always hear on Fantasy Football Friday, Mike Sofka is going to be joining me from the Pro Bowl down in Orlando. Mike Sofka and I are going to be speaking in just a little while. So, all of that's coming up on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the broadcast. You can catch Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. So, happy TGIF, ladies and gents. Let's get into the annoying moment of the week right now.
0: Dan Tortora proudly brings you. Is that for real?
1: Are you kidding me?
0: The annoying moment of the week. Uh, I
1: I really, honestly, I don't know how to respond to this.
0: Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like.
1: Do you have to be that crazy? I guess so. (laughs) Today's annoying moment of the week proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt on 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. It is what happy tastes like, and it's the home of the Dan Tortora special Sunday, the Wake Up Call Sunday. You could get It's very weird for me to say my name in third person. I'm not one of those people. So the Wake Up Call Sunday, you can get that by going to Carvel DeWitt, 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. And you can go and get that any day of the week. Don't let the cold weather fool you. It's 16 degrees this morning. That doesn't change the flavor of Carvel and how amazing the Wake Up Call Sunday is. Chocolate, vanilla, or a twist. Soft serve topped off with cookie dough pieces and caramel swirl. My two signature toppings on top of the Wake Up Call Sunday only at Carvel DeWitt. So make sure you get out there and try the Sunday today. With that being said, the annoying moment of the week for this week, I feel like I'm going to have a few. I feel like there's a few scoops of the annoying moment of the week. The first one's got to be what I just went through, dropping the dog off. And it doesn't just have to do with that. It's about customer service. Can we talk about customer service for a second here, people? When I drop the dog off, when I drop off my little baby, my daughter, Lily, love her, I'm bringing her over there. And this could be in any situation, right? Any type of scenario. You're bringing your kid to daycare. You're bringing your dog out for this. You're doing this. You're doing that. Customer service. I walk through the door. The lady's like, yep, who's this? I was like, Lily. Who's Lily? Lily. She's like, Lily. I was like, Lily, tour, tour." She's like, ow. She turns and looks at the lady like, who the hell is this dog and why is she here? And the lady like gives her a nod or something. She's like, okay. And then she's like, she's mad at all the way through. We're going to shave her down. And I was just like, it's winter. You don't need to shave her now. She's like, we're going to shave. There's no other options. I was like, okay, sounds great. And she's just like, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do her nails. And I was like, just be, just have some common courtesy, man. I care about this dog. I treat her like family. This is my little baby girl. Okay. So you might have people come in here. that are like, here's my dog. Bye. But this is my daughter. So show Lily some love and some respect. But this, I mean, it's like you, you deal with people, right? And it's about customer service. And I've discussed this on the show before. Good customer service. Smiling, nodding, hello, how are you? Being real. You don't have to be fake, but be real. Be honest, be nice, be compassionate. Because no matter what type of job they do with Lily today, I don't ever want to bring her back there. Because of the level of just like... Because it's just rude. She's like, we're going to take her pretty much down to skin, okay? It's just, you know, it's not... It's like ordering, this is on a very lower level, but because my dog means a whole lot more than this, but it's like ordering a beer and somebody going, you know, you're going to get fat if you drink this, right? You know, you're going to get fat and you're going to smell weird. And people are probably not going to want to be around you if you have a lot of these. It's like, okay, well, thank you, bartender. I would just like one. Can I just have one? You know, I'll give you an example. I went to a liquor store and I've never been back there since. I have no desire to ever go back there because of this. I like Moscato. So, I don't drink that much. I've never been drunk. I have no desire to be drunk because I want to have control over my actions and what I do. So, I went to this place and I was looking for a Moscato. And for my wife, I was looking for Chardonnay or something like that. That's what she likes. So, I'm walking around and I said to this lady, can you help me find the Moscato? Because for some odd reason, liquor stores put it in 72 different places They can't just put all the Moscato together. It's like, do you want Moscato from Moscato Moscato or Moscato that's Moscato sweet or the sparkling Moscato or the Italian Moscato or the Spanish? I'm like, just how about a Moscato section? How about I don't have to spend 35 minutes walking through? I feel like I'm going through a bookstore when I go into some liquor places. You know when you go to a bookstore and you go to the sports section, but the sports book that you're looking for is not in the sports section. It's in new arrivals, but it's not in new arrivals. It's new. It's in new arrivals bestseller. Then you have to go there. Then they don't have it there, so they have it in a display in the kids section, even though it's not a kids book. That's how this feels. That's another thing about customer service. If you make it difficult for me, I don't really want to come back there and play your Tetris game every time that I'm there, even though I kick butt at Tetris. So. I say to the lady, I would like some Moscato. She said, for your wife? I was like, no, for me. And she was just like, why? I was like, because I like Moscato. Why is this, why am I being investigated? (laughs) I was like, I want Moscato, please. And her response, she was just like, well, you're a man. I was like, thank you, you saw that? You gauged that by what I look like? I appreciate that, I am a man. That's how Jesus and God, that's how they all made me. I'm a person, human being, male form. And she was like, she said to me, she's like, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "Ma'am, what do you mean?" She's like, "Well, you're not supposed to like sweet wine. You're not a girl." And I was like, "Okay, well, can you just help me, maybe find the wine and let's let's leave the let's leave the opinions to the to thyself, you know? Let's, let's just move along." So we're walking around, and she's like, "Well, women like that one. she'd so probably like that one. And girls go crazy for this one. This one's too sweet for me, but you probably like it." And she looked me up and down, and she's like. Mm-hmm. she looked at me and said, your wife is going to have to fix you because there's something wrong with you that she likes dry wine and you like sweet. Needless to say, I don't know what the hell I, I think I got something for my wife. Maybe I don't even know. I walked out of there because this lady's a total idiot. I mean, this is customer services is, is number one. You don't make a sale by derogatory nature. That's not how you do that, okay? I had to drop my dog off today. I felt horrible about it. Had to start the show late. Got to the studio late this morning because I didn't want to do it. And we, you know, I'm sitting here saying no matter what they do with her, and hopefully they take care of her, but you shouldn't have to leave a place going, I hope they take care of my dog, right? You shouldn't walk into a store and say, I hope they treat me with respect when I'm looking for something. But that's what it comes down to. You know, it's all about customer service. I will never forget bad customer service. I'll never forget it. Good customer service too. I remember them both, but I will never forget. There's a movie theater I go to where the manager is a total delinquent. He's a a complete wrong fit for managerial status. But I like the place. So I go to the place. But every time I see him, it brings me back to how he treats people. And me going, this place would be a run a hole. And then whenever something goes wrong in the place, I'm like, it's probably because that's your manager. But I mean, it's because you think about it. Everything starts at the top. And when you learn the character and the personality of the people at the top, and it's not positive, and it's very disrespectful and ignorant and naive and rude, then when you are dealing with people that are serving you, you're like, well, this didn't work out. This didn't work out. This didn't work out right. Probably coming from jamoke that's up at the top of the ship here because when your captain doesn't know how to steer your ship correctly people start falling off the boat so it's just reality it's customer service right i do game show night every thursday at muddy waters at 7 p.m. and it's customer service right i want to make people laugh want to have some fun you you try to be efficient you go around you give everybody the information that they need you tell them how to play you welcome them into playing you offer it to everybody you let people have a few extra minutes to sign up, you hand out the sheets, you ask the questions, and you go back and forth with everyone and you make sure everybody knows the rules, they know what's going on, and you make it fun. I could stand up there and be like, what is the first person people say? You know, I can look, but the way the way you look is the way people respond to you. If you're having fun, they're having fun. If you're having fun and they're not having fun, that's their loss because they'd be crazy not to. It's an easy game. It's Family Feud meets Pictionary. You don't have to have much of a brain to be able to play Family Feud and Pictionary. That's the beauty of it. When people are like, "Ah, you know, trivia and this, that, and the other thing, sometimes they get hard. The trivia that I have every Tuesday upstairs from Muddy Waters at Sammy Malone's at six o'clock is not difficult. It's intermediate. You got to know something, but you don't have to know these crazy answers. And you know, I, and I've always had people say, you know, like you make trivia fair. It's not just about what you like. It's about sports, music, movies, pop culture, all that stuff. You know, it's a little bit of everything and you make it fair and you make it fun. And I said, thank you. I ask questions that I feel like I could answer without using my cell phone or that I could at least give an educated guess to. I want to be fair. And with playing game show night, same thing, being fair, being fun. Customer service. Hi, how are you? Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for playing in the game. How may I help you today? What's going on? It's all about that stuff. That's that's what makes it. And the thing is, being in a place like shout out to Sam, the bartender at Muddy Waters. She is always on her stuff. She knows what she's doing. So she makes my life easy because I'm running game show night, and she's running around getting food to people and doing this, doing that, and doing the other thing, and making sure that you have the right drink that you ordered and whatnot in a timely fashion, those things, teamwork, helps the ship run. And that's that's a huge part of what we do, and it means a lot to what we do. So, you know, it's things like that. It's customer service. So I guess the annoying moment of the week has to come down to customer service. It has to. Because there's such a lack of it. There's this mentality when you go into like a restaurant and certain places. Now I feel very privileged to work with really good restaurants. You know, I don't send you into places where people don't care. As I said, shout out to Sam and shout out to the work that they do at Money Waters. Shout out to Sammy Malone's because they make sure they take care of everybody. And even me, when I'm hosting an event, normally they might leave me alone and be like, ah, you know, he doesn't need anything. Let me just take care of the people that are here. No, Sammy Malone's, they come right over to me. Are you going to order food today? Here's your water, this which or whatever you usually drink. Here it is. Utica Pizza Company, same digs. Market Diner, same digs. They make it happen. They do a good job. Wildcat, same digs. What do you need, Danny? We got you. So it's it's that type of atmosphere. Carvel DeWitt, I walk in there and it's like, hey, Dan, how you doing? How's things been? It's customer service, you know, and that's just me bringing up restaurants and whatnot that I'm proud to work with and be a part of you know, but all of them, Lee's in Staggerwald. I walk in there and he's like, Dan, are you drinking the same drink? Are you getting your cheesesteak today? Because that's what I typically get when I go there. Those things matter that people remember your name. They remember what you usually get. They say hello to you. It seems like it's right. It doesn't seem like rocket science, but it needs to be done. And the customer service that I get, people don't know I'm a business owner. Always. The lady I just dropped my dog off to doesn't know I'm a business owner. She doesn't know what I do for a living, but I'm sitting here on the radio right now being like, hello. (laughs) So, you know, you got it. And the thing is, I'm not going to mess up her business and this, that, and the other. I'm not going to say the name of where it is. But it just comes down to customer service. And it comes down to respect. It's the annoying moment of the week because it's 2018 and we're supposed to leave the BS in 2017. And I saw a lot of bad customer service in 2017. So I'm here to say, let's be better than that. Let's make up for that, and let's figure out how to be a little bit nicer and a little bit kinder to the people that are spending money in your establishment, right? You want a personality to do game show night. You want a personality to do trivia. You want a personality to do your pregame show. I like making people laugh. I like smiling. I like having fun and engaging people and having a good time. I like when people get into stuff and they're excited and they're having fun that's what it's about. If you're going to spend an hour with me, I want you to laugh. I want you to have fun. If you're going to cry, I want it to be happy tears. And I want you to go back on. I'm so happy that I came out and did this today. I'm going to come back next week. I'm going to come back tomorrow. Yes. Good job. That's what everybody wants. We want to feel like we're appreciated. You go in the grocery store and you want them to be like, Hey, Dave, how you doing? How are the kids? I haven't seen you in days. How you been? That's the stuff that we love. Oh, my God. Somebody knows us in this universe and cared about us. And we left an impression that was good enough for them to say, we remember this person, we remember their name, we remember they have kids, and we remember we haven't seen them in a couple weeks, and we normally see them every Thursday. So if you're a business owner or you're any person in America, because most of us have jobs, just remember... That the people that come to see you today have a direct effect on your business tomorrow. And the way you treat them is essentially the way you're treating all of their family, all of their friends, all of their coworkers, all of their colleagues, and in my case, all of their listeners and viewers and readers and social media. Lots of people in here. Like tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people that we have touched in some way, shape, or form through Dan Satorra Broadcast Media. Again you never know who you're dealing with and I remember I went to this one place and and this this will this will wrap up the annoying moment of the week I found a piece of glass in my salad and I was at this restaurant that had moved it was in this other place before it wasn't a bad restaurant I liked it until that day and and so I'm like I'm biting down on my salad and I look or I'm sorry, I reached into my mouth and I'm like, what is so hard in my salad? So I'm thinking, cause my aunt found a nail in her salad one time and it was funny cause it was the same color as red cabbage. So gross. And, <laughs> and so I reached into my mouth and I pulled out a piece of glass and not like a piece of glass, like a substantial piece of glass. And it was somewhat rounded, which is good. So it didn't cut the heck out of my mouth. So I take it out, and I put it down on the table, and my mom and my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, I think we were just dating, my mom and Kate and my dad are all sitting with me, and they look at this piece of glass. So I call the waitress over, and she kind of, you know, she says sorry, but not much, and then she just kind of walks away. So I wait like a half an hour, and I'm thinking, she's going to go tell her manager, oh my God, there was glass, you might want to go to table 15, Right or whatever the hell table we were at. I'm just making up the number. And nobody comes. So I wait till the end of the meal. And I said, can I speak to your manager? She said, why? I was like, I just want to. Manager eventually comes out. She's like, yeah, what's what's the problem? And I told her. I was like, well, there was this piece of glass in my salad. And she was like, yeah. She's like, and your server already took care of your bill and took it off the bill. So what's the issue? I was like, the issue is that there was glass in my salad. And she looked at me and I said, I gave you a half an hour to come out here to apologize that there was a piece of glass in my salad and to at least care that there was a piece of glass in my salad and you didn't come out here to do that. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, as soon as I said that, she changed total tune, got defensive, different body language, started to get rude. She was like, let me go back. She goes back into the kitchen. She goes, there's no broken glass in the kitchen. I don't know where that glass came from, but it didn't come from here insinuating that I brought the glass with me, put it in my mouth and pretended that it was in my salad because I wanted a free meal because I would be a psychopath. And so I was like, so now she thinks I'm lying. This is great. Fast forward. She looks at my mom. She looks at my wife. She looks at my dad and she says, well, if some people aren't going to come back here, hopefully I have made amends with the other people at the table. And I'm looking at her going, you know, these people are my family, right? (laughs) So, and you're distancing yourself from me and pushing me away because there was glass in my salad that you can't find that you're not sorry for. That doesn't matter to you that has pissed you off, but you didn't have to put it in your mouth and almost swallow it. So what did I do wrong? I show up to your restaurant. I eat your food. There's a piece of glass in the food. It could have affected me in a bad way by the grace of God. It did not. I wanted you to say that you were sorry about it and actually care that it was in there instead of just waving it off. And your response is, well, if you never come back, I hope your family does. Needless to say, that place is closed right now. They closed about a year or two after. And as far as I know, they don't exist anymore. They had more than one establishment and all of their establishments are gone because obviously they treat people well. But that's, what you see. I mean, you experience it. And we all have those stories. I'm not a difficult customer. If something's a little bit cold, I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll eat it. If something's not exactly how I want it or they put a different sauce on it, I'm like, ah, eh, you know what? Whatever. I'll eat it. If it's like the chicken is rock hard, I would be like, mm. and I apologize profusely. Oh my, like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My chicken's a little bit cold. I'm so sorry. I'll go put it in the microwave myself. I'm so sorry. Cause I don't want people to spit in my food because I don't trust every place that I go to. And then when you feel that way, you stop going to those places. But that's why it's imperative for me when I tell you I work with good companies, whether it's a food company, a car company, an apparel company, whatever it may be. When I say I work with good people in the community, I'm telling you the truth because I can't sell something that is glass in the salad or ice cold chicken. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes but i would never send you to a car dealership where they're going to send you, where they're going to sell you a lemon i wouldn't do that you know i buy from the dealership honda city of liverpool that's where i buy my cars from that's where i've always gotten my vehicles from so i'm not buying a ford and going you know what honda city of liverpool gave me more money to sponsor so yeah honda city I drive a Honda from Honda city of Liverpool and that's where I go and that's who I like and I appreciate them very much. And shout out to the team over there because they make you feel like a person when you go in there and it's all about customer service. So the moral of the story for the annoying moment of the week, which is shortened to AMOW, is to have good customer service. We all have funny stories and I can spin all any of this stuff and believe that I can get you to laugh off of these things The But The non-funny part of it is that these are real people doing real things inadequately. So to the lady that is currently taking care of my dog, please do a good job, please take care of her, and please get her home safe and sound. With that being said, I don't know if I will ever go back to your establishment, so let's do good this time and make me feel a little bit better about dropping my dog off with somebody that has... Not a great bedside manner. You don't want a doctor to come in and, and like, you know, you just come through surgery and stuff and a doc and the doctor comes in and he's like, Yeah, hey. how's <sighs> was everything. We're gonna have to uh go over your go over all your information here. But uh I got a couple more clients, so I'm gonna come back in about an hour and a half. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you just came in here, sounded depressed, angry, and upset. I would like to know if I'm going to die. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I remember going through and, and I had to get a checkup and they had to put me on, uh, what, you know, the sleeping drugs, whatever the heck they are. I don't know what they are. So they, so I wake up the first thing I was, I was like, am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? I was like, do I have cancer? <laughs> Cause I was nervous. And, and this lady, she's like, she's like, you know, when you're coming out of like anesthesia, anesthesia, when you're coming out of it, you have no idea that you were in it. You have no idea that people have been trying to wake you up for 10 minutes. All you know is that you're waking up from this deep sleep and you're finally coming to, and you have no idea. Like you're learning that you have a body for the first time. It's like being a soul inside of that that God just put inside of a body. And you're like, Opening your eyes and you're like, oh, I have legs. Oh, I have, I have a, I have a chest. That's interesting. And so while this is all, and I'm like, I have arms. What are these? They call them hands. So I'm looking around. Your eyes are, you're like, you're just starting to like see reality again. And the lady's like, get him up, get him up, gotta get him up, get him up, Mr. Totora, Mr. Totora, Mr. Totora, you need to lean up, you need to lean up, Mr. Totora. And I woke up after the lady probably had said it 27 times. And, uh, and she looked at my wife and she goes, um, you need to get him up right now. And I just remember saying to her, do I have cancer? And she was like, she's like, you're okay. I said, but do I have cancer? She's like, Mr. Satora, everything came back. You're okay. It looks like you're okay. I said, okay, do I have cancer? And she looked at my wife and she goes, there's something wrong. Like, what is, why is he? And she's like, you need to tell him what's going And she's like, no, sir, you don't have cancer. You're Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like you want to feel safe, right? You want to feel like you know what's going on. And I want a direct answer because I've been in hospitals before. I had mono in college. Shout out to one of my ex-girlfriends. And I got mono. They brought me into the hospital. They gave me a bunch of pills. They gave me a sheet to leave and said, you should probably you know take care of yourself and get plenty of rest they never told me what i was diagnosed with so i was in school then i went back home and then because of the hipaa laws my parents couldn't call and i could barely speak because i had really bad mono and i was trying to talk and i had to tell the lady on the phone that my mom could get my records they told me I had mono like two weeks after I had been to the hospital. So I had no idea what was going on with my body. All I knew is they gave me pills and sent me home. So it's, it's just, it's like, there's little things like you don't want cold chicken and there's big things like going to the doctors and there's that intermediate stuff about like leaving your dog to get a haircut or having your child get a haircut or whatever. And they all matter. They're all important. So Have good customer service, people. And you know what? I brought up Muddy Waters, and I brought up that we do game show night every Thursday. So shout out to the teams that played in game show night, and shout out to Sisterhood that took the championship last night. Every single week, we have a winner, and then it restarts. So if you haven't been there in five weeks, it's no detriment to you. Every single week you come, you get a fair shot of winning. If your team's really good you might win three, four weeks in a row. It's about competition. So bring your friends, bring your family, co-workers and colleagues, men, women, and children. There is no age limit, and there is no limit to how many teams we can have. Now, we suggest you only have six players on a team to make it fair, but we had a team that had two people that advanced to the championship round against six people last night. So, you know, it just comes down to smarts, and it comes down to knowing what you know and doing the best you can do but a shout out to all the teams that played and a thank you to them. We're trying to grow this thing. Game show night is a very unique take on a a night out in central New York. It's not your normal. It's not something that you're used to. I created it out of thin air. I said, I want to do a game show night and I want to make myself the game show host and I want to make it fun and interesting, but I don't want to do one game. I want to do a mix of stuff and so Family Feud and Pictionary made a whole lot of sense. And we've been doing it for a couple months. And it really has seemed to catch on and people have seemed to enjoy it. So, you know, to me, it's about consistency. So make sure you come out every week that you can. And, you know, the more weeks you come out, the better chance you got of getting yourself some gift certificates and muddy waters. We always have fun as the ladies and the gentlemen that were there last night will tell you. We like to laugh. We like to have a good time. I'm happy that I had some positive energy and people that engaged that. At game show night, people that are willing to you know sit back, relax, and have a good time, and try something different, try something new. So, shout out to Sisterhood of the Traveling Pint Glass, is I believe that what their name was, very creative name. So, s- shout out to them. Shout out to Keeping It Fresh and Brotherhood, and everybody that has joined us over the weeks there at Muddy Waters. If you've never been, the time to be there is every Thursday, 7 p.m. Muddy Waters to Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York. Big shout out to everybody that played this week, and a thanks to each and every single one of them, and to the sisterhood. I told you, when you're playing trivia and you're playing game show night, you get free shout outs on the show because it's things that I appreciate doing with the community, and this show is all about the community. So, thank you for coming out, for giving your time and your money to Muddy Waters. We appreciate it very much, so, and I love the fact that you played. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself, and we can't wait to have you back. So tell your family, friends, coworkers, and colleagues. You can have a different team every week. Maybe this week you come with your coworkers. Next week you bring mom and dad. The week after, you bring a bunch of your friends. Whatever it may be, make sure you come out to Game Show Night and try out Family Feud meets Pictionary in a mixture that always brings about laughter, a whole lot of fun, and some very interesting responses when it comes to answers that i get so thank you so much for being a part of it we'll be back in just a moment to hear from the jacksonville jaguars
0: this is a wake-up call fast break The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better.
1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny. USA. Make sure you head out there for the Dan Tortora Special, Belgian waffle cut in half filled with bacon, egg, and cheese. It is my spin on the breakfast sandwich, and it is exclusively offered to you at the Market Diner. So make sure you go out and get it at the Market Diner. That is the Dan Tortora Special, Belgian waffle cut in half, bacon, egg, and cheese inside. You will not be disappointed. It is absolutely amazing, and I appreciate the entire staff and team at the Market Diner for helping me and allowing me to get that out there on the menu and put it together for you folks. So thank you so much for that in the morning menu, proudly presented by the market diner. Next up on the docket are my one-on-one conversations with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As you know, throughout the season, I've had the opportunity and the privilege of interviewing the Jacksonville Jaguars all throughout the season. This is my ninth season of covering the team in some respect on site, going to the games this year I went with them throughout the regular season into the NFL the NFL wild card, the NFL divisional round, and most recently the AFC Championship game. So I've spent a lot of time with these Jaguars over the past few weeks. And I've had an opportunity to be able to share those conversations with you. And I thank you so much for being a part of it. So to all of my Jags fans, thank you for listening. To all my Duval fans, thank you for being a part of the show. And for everybody in general, NFL fans, sports fans alike, or people that just like tuning into the broadcast because Wake Up Call, <clears throat> pardon me, offers them something different and innovative and unique. Thank you for listening to the show as well. So with that being said. It is now time to hear my one-on-one conversations with the Jaguars following their remarkable season. They multiplied their win total from last year by four times, 3-13 and 13 last year, 12-7 and seven this year, and just a few points, four points kept them out of the Super Bowl for the first time ever it would have been for them. So with that being said, Marquise Lee and I will start off our conversation on a lot having changed since the first time he came on to the Jaguars.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's just positive. Yeah. You know, having the ability, you know, to see change within, within the organization um, over the time I've been here has been amazing. You know, um, I always believed us as a as a team had the capability of getting the job done early in the years, but obviously we needed some things in order to get this team going, and which we did this year. And uh, I mean, I feel like we ended on a good note. I mean, it's not ideal what we wanted, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, um, nobody believed we were going to make it here and look where we're at.
5: Do you see, you know, a future for you know this team and coming back and having other opportunities and games like this?
4: Yeah, I feel like um, with this team, man. The only the only thing for us is tch, you can only make this team better and better.
5: What can make you even better moving forward? Is there anything you can pinpoint?
4: I mean, my thing is just adding on. You know. Um, as much as depth that we can, as far as within our within our uh, our positions and things like that, um, just people who's capable of actually coming in and just producing. Um, that's really about it, as far as capability and players that we got. I feel like we got certain players that we in which we're good with right now, uh, we'll be fine.
5: And as I got to ask you about the receiver core, you know, when Allen Robinson went down. Hearns has been injured. You've had your injuries throughout the season. To see guys like DD Westbrook step up and Jay Don Mickens and Keelan Cole, just what you can say about some of these guys who weren't given the credit coming in, but obviously were a big help to you. I
4: think that's the best thing about it. You know, um, us coming out when they robbed, I heard a lot of people didn't have faith in those guys. And I'm talking about for the outside. And that's, I mean, it's just, just a, something you can feed off of. I mean, they've been doing a great job this year as far as stepping up and doing what they're supposed to. Um, um, it's you got to learn. It's a, it's a learning process. You know. You got kids that are coming in as far as young, first year, things like that. It takes some time to get acclimated. And once they got acclimated, the clearly you see them get off.
5: How much help has Leonard Fournette created for this offense and for the receivers, in your opinion?
4: Um, he created a lot. <laughs> the one game go crazy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, he's giving us a great opportunity as far as doing play action things like that, you know, um, with him being in the capability, I mean, the position that he has. i um, literally going to go out there and run hard 24-7, you know, and, that get, and I'm going to go out there and block my butt off for him. But, I mean, him being on his team, picking up blitzes and things like that, giving us extra opportunities to go out there and make plays, um, it's big.
5: Yeah, just what you can say about Blake. He's taken more than his fair share of criticism, <laughs> just what you can say about him as your quarterback.
4: Man, Blake did what he's supposed to. In all honesty, I feel like the whole year, um, um, when it was time in, in which he needed to to get right and, um, and get a score, I felt like um, he did it. I mean, if that's not with his feet and creating plays, I um, mean, he made passes in which he did. A lot of people on the outside don't have faith. but clearly he showed you.
5: We got to this point with him. Your teammates believe that this is not a fluke and that this is something that's a next year thing to be stepping here and hopefully having a better situation. What's your stance on
1: Oh Yeah, we ready. That coming once again from Marquise Lee, the wide receiver of the Jaguars. And what did he just say? He said, plain and simple, Blake did what he had to this year. He said, this year, Blake did what he was supposed to do. He did what he had to do. And that's big words coming from a wide receiver that has been on a team that has struggled his entire time that he's been on the squad since coming from USC. So he, it has been no stretch of the imagination that you've had to take in to see the fact that this team has struggled this Jaguars team has struggled for a long time and the entire time that Marquise Lee has been on the team the team has struggled so for him to see this team rise and see this quarterback and to give respect where respect is due is much appreciated you know and I've spoken before about Marquise Lee and about his attitude and you know, he got he almost got the team in trouble, almost lost the game for a team with taunting and whatnot. And, you know, he's he was a talker at the beginning of this season, kind of flashy and this and that. Well, I didn't see that in the past from Marquise. Now Marquise and I have always spoken with each other and there's always been mutual respect. You know, I shake his hand and he says you already know. I said, I appreciate it. he said you already know. Marquise and I, since he was drafted, have spent time speaking with each other. And I appreciate it, and I thank it. And I saw his personality kind of change a little bit ego-wise at the beginning of this season. At the end of this game, he was giving respect to Leonard Fournette, as you heard. Blake Bortles, as you heard. This team, as you heard. This unit, as you heard. And speaking on the fact of him having a future with this team. And it's him and Allen Robinson whose contracts, they're unrestricted free agents. They Jaguars want to keep them. They got to lock it up. But it's good to hear the Marquise Lee that I'm more familiar with knowing at the end of this season. And it's good to see that. So shout out to Marquise for caring about this squad and being a part of this squad. And hopefully you get to continue to do that in your future. Jadon Mickens is up next, another wide receiver of the team. He is <clears throat> filled in. In the absence of Allen Robinson this season, in the absence of Allen Hearns at times, and Marquise Lee at times, he's had to fill in. This man who was an undrafted rookie who was sleeping in his car because he didn't want to get an apartment because he didn't know if he was going to be able to keep the job in Jacksonville and didn't want to waste that and have to break a lease and have to pay for all this stuff, all the while trying to follow his dreams. And he's here with me right now, Jadon Mickens, somebody... Who is already one of my favorites, and getting his first crack at the NFL, first crack at being on a team that advances to this portion. He's a young guy in the NFL. Just what he could say about having his first crack at a game like this, so young in his career.
3: Uh, Man, it's like if we would have got blew out, it would have been a different story. But you know, being ahead the whole game, and you know, having some penalties that's you know we don't too much agree with but it, it hurts it hurts to know
5: that we were so close Yeah, so far what can you say about some of those penalties because there were back-to-back offensive penalties back-to-back defensive penalties there's a lot of things that went on in the second half just which ones maybe stick out to you <laughs>
3: Uh, of course the hit, you know, and I'm an offensive player, and I, I believe that I was led by his shoulder and not his head. Uh, the pass interference, Jalen got his hand around, didn't alter it or, or, or mess with the offensive player at all. For him to, you know, a tug or a pull or nothing like that, he turned his body and placed his hand where the ball was falling. So those two really was stand out stood out to me as, like, just wild. Like, that's incredible.
5: When they happen... On that drive, Mm -hmm. and and end up uh, the Jalen Ramsey pass interference call, and then the touchdown ends up being right there. Just what you can say about how quickly things change, where there was pass interference, and then there's touchdown.
3: Uh, Big big time, big time. When you when you give, I mean, a team, and I don't care what team, any team in the league, 60, 40 yards of (laughs) free field position, and then to the fringe red zone is especially the Tom Brady, that's, you're asking for trouble. And, you know what I mean? I don't agree with it, like I said, but, you know what I mean? At the end of the day,
5: (laughs) we lost, and we just gotta get back to work now. What can you say about Blake? He's been criticized all season long, and he's fought hard all the way through, and the team was leading the whole game until 24-20, after three nothing. Just what you can say about how he played, no matter what people say on the outside.
3: He played like a leader. He played like a leader all year, you know, no matter the ifs, the ups and downs, the negative, the positive uh, feedback that people say. Uh, but what goes on in here is a guy that's going to lead by example. He's going to put everything out for us. He's a dog. He's going to come in and he's going to fight for every inch, just like the last one. You know, he's putting that ball up for a deep ball shot in the corner. You know what I mean? He's, he's still he's going to fight for everything so, you know, just by him playing for not only, you know, the, the organization, Jacksonville as a, as a city, he's playing for his brothers and, you know, I respect that man to the utmost for that and can't wait to see what the future has for him.
5: Then, as far as you and guys like Corey Grant getting opportunities in special teams and then seeing him offensively, just what you can say about despite the loss of Corey was,
3: uh, I, I was I was excited for Corey because, you know, uh, me and him are were, were known as uh, special teamers, if you must say. Uh, so, you know, seeing him actually going out there on offense and, you know, giving a spark and then... Opening this game up to where we are in a great position to win is phenomenal. And then his opening kickoff, you know, he got hit at the 15-yard line and still managed to get to the 20-25 was awesome in and, and his own right. So he he definitely had a big spark, and I'm excited to see where he, his production, his growth continue to go.
1: That coming from Jadon Mickens. Jadon Mickens, wide receiver and punt returner for the Jacksonville Jaguars and a huge steal for them him and Keelan Cole, big-time steals, Josh Lambeau as well. You know, you get some you get some of these guys on your team, you make those moves, you know, you pay for Calais Campbell, you pay for Barry Church, you pay for A.J. Boye, you pay for Malik Jackson, and then you get some huge, huge steals in Keelan Cole and Jadon Mickens to go with those other positives that you were bringing in. So this team's made some really good moves, I give him a shout-out. I said, listen, there's nobody that makes better moves or knows what the hell is going on better than the New England Patriots. But I will say that the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're putting themselves in a place right now where whoever is doing their scouting, their researching and setting things up and making these moves is impeccable at their job. So big big shout-out, big credit. Because people say, you know, how how are the Patriots so successful? And the fact of the matter is, they make really, really good decisions. And they're extremely smart and hip to the game. They know what's going on. And that's what helps them to move forward. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're getting pretty darn hip to the game, aren't they? We'll take a step aside for a fast break and come back with Mercedes Lewis.
0: This is a wake-up call,
1: Fast Break.
6: Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldensville New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We probably open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after-work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. where you can choose your style, get fitted and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear.
1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, giving you the topics of the day. We are getting into the Jaguars, continuing to go on the prowl as we always do in a signature piece, a segment on the prowl that used to be here on Wake Up Call. Well, it's still here, but it used to just be a segment on the Prowl. It's since expanded from being a simple segment to being one-on-one conversations with the Jaguars and having its own page on the website. So you can go to wakeupcalldt.com, click on the On the Prowl page, and you can read articles that I've done about the Jaguars. You can listen back to shows and all of the one-on-one conversations with the jacksonville jaguars like i'm having right now here on today's show and you can watch videos that i've done with jacksonville jaguars content so there is an on the prowl page dedicated to my jacksonville jaguars coverage and exclusively my jacksonville jaguars coverage right on wakeupcalldt.com and i implore you to listen in and i thank everybody that has done so and truly appreciate it with that being said it's time to continue on the prowl with my conversation with Mercedes lewis speaking on the positives he's taken from this year
8: oh amazing uh resilience man very resilient and uh you know did they do anything to
3: adjust the environment they recreated? created uh, it was all about competition and uh, that's something that i hadn't seen since i've been here from
8: top to bottom you know we were competing every day and uh, you know that was a big reason why you know, we got to this point, so. Bring me
5: into the ups and downs of the emotions from catching that first touchdown to standing here now a few points short.
8: It's tough, man. It's tough. It's uh, <laughs> That's how this league is, you know, and um, you always want to kind of stay even kill yep. about it. But it's inevitable for you not to feel a certain way. Um, You go from being, you know, excited to dejected that fast. And uh, that's really it, man.
5: You've had a bunch of different quarterbacks thrown your way over your entire time with Jacksonville. What can you say about Blake? Love him,
8: man. Um, He's a winner. He's a good dude. Coachable. Congratulations, You know, to watch his progression from, you know, where he was to, you know, what he showed this year, I'm just proud of him. Uh, He puts his heart right on and works every day. And uh, that's, you can't ask for nothing more than that
5: where Grant had done some good things in the offense in this game, and he credited you with a big part of that. Just what you can say about you guys looking out for each other. You've spoken to me a lot about a brotherhood on this team and just what you can do to open up plays for yourself, for Hearns, for Grant. So many different guys got involved this season. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about.
8: Um, you always got to look at the bigger picture you know, and go outside of the scope where your fishbowl, um, and, and that's one thing about us. It was, it was about everybody else, and uh, you know that's how we got to this point. See, so.
5: what is it about this team that you feel can get back to this point? A lot of your teammates said we know what it feels like to be here, and we expect ourselves to be here. It's not a fluke in the minds of your teammates. What can you say about it?
8: You know the work that we put in—it's um, no accident. Uh, we really pushed each other uh, to be better every day and be the best version of ourselves each day. And uh, you know, regardless if we were have victory or face defeat, um, we dealt with both the same. And uh, you know, even in our defeats, we were learning. So it's either we're winning or we're learning a lesson. And uh, we, we really, it sucks, man. I, we put so much into it, you know, and uh, you know, nothing to hang our heads about. Um, they made more plays than we did, and we had our opportunities. So.
1: That coming once again from Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. Of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the only player to have been on the Jacksonville Jaguars when they last made the playoffs in 2007 08 and being on the team here. The only remaining player from when they made the playoffs a decade ago, Mercedes Lewis. And I spoke with him almost a decade ago, fast forward all the way till now. So when I first started covering the Jaguars, I was talking with Mercedes Lewis, and now in 2017 18, still speaking to the man who I feel more than more than appreciative and more than honored to have in my history just a really a stand-up guy and a guy that I really I really enjoy talking with him I appreciate his time and I just you know when it comes to leadership and it comes to I mean he has seen everything in Jacksonville he has seen the low of the low and you didn't couldn't couldn't get any lower and you got lower He's seen some highs, some moments, some hopes, some dreams, some eh, some ah, and then a few points away from being in the Super Bowl. So, shout out to his determination and his perseverance because it's paid off. Mercedes Lewis, the man who bridges 2007-8 to 2017-18, and God bless him. And he scored in this game, got a touchdown against the Patriots. In 2017-18, in this game, in a wide open touchdown, so big shout out to Mercedes Lewis, who's done a heck of a job. Next up is Barry Church, the man who has been talked about all over the place for the hit on Rob Gronkowski. Safety Barry Church and I are here to discuss that and so much more with you. In his first year with the Jaguars, what he had to say.
9: Oh man, this is, you know, there's no more victories in this one, you know. It sucks all around, especially being this close to the to the championship and, uh, and losing like this, you know, losing on the last, you know, last couple-minute touchdown um, to a great player and a great team. So it sucks all around, but um, we know we can get this far as a team. So uh, if we can just build on this, build on this for next year and, uh, you know, Get each other to not want to feel this way ever again when we make it this far. Because uh, next year we'll definitely be back. You know, we got the team to do it, so we know we can accomplish it. We just got to go out and do it again next year, and uh, hopefully we we'll do it a different, uh, different ending this next year.
5: What makes you believe? Because you've echoed your other teammates' sentiments that this team can get back. What makes you believe that?
9: Uh, we got a great corn nucleus. We're a young, mixed with a group. We're a great young team mixed with great veterans that um, that kind of feed off of each other. We've been doing that all year. I mean, a lot of our leaders on the team are only you know fifth and sixth year you know so they feed off of the older guys like me Calais and um, and AJ and then you know they keep it going so we just know that you know we got a young enough team to be able to do it and then just one more year of that added experience especially this playoff experience will, will uh, help us in the end and um, just got to go back back to work next week or go back to work and uh, try to find a solution you know
5: Bring me into that play with Gronk. And uh-huh. just to go
9: um, Well, you know we're man-to-man coverage. I'm in the middle of the field, so the free safety is responsible for you know numbers to numbers. You know, and they tried to throw a seam to him. Um, I broke on the play. He went. He he was. It was a, it was a great ball because he threw it high and away from the defender. So you know when he caught it, he was kind of stretched out like this. So I felt I had time enough to. Launched into him with my shoulder. I felt like I led with my shoulder and uh, dislodged the ball and that's what I did. I went in there shoulder first hit him, uh, dislodged the ball um, but they felt that it was too much contact to the head I guess and um, you know they're throwing a flag on me but you know it's, kind of, it's tough, man, it's tough because like, if you go too low on the guy, you consider considered a dirty player and you, c- you can risk guys' knees like that. If you go too high on the guy, it's unnecessary roughness. So, I mean, they want you to hit between here and here when we're all moving 100 miles an hour. Uh, it's pretty much impossible, but, you know, as a player, as a safety, I got to, I got to, you know, I guess make a better decision with that. But you don't want to just let the guy catch the ball and then tackle him. Mean, you don't want to do that. So, yeah. It's tough, but you know, I gotta I guess I gotta figure out a different way to approach that hit. You know? When
5: you look at the secondary in general, trying to be physical and a lot of plays that were called, some of them setting up opportunities for touchdowns, just what you took away.
9: Uh, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of in my opinion questionable pass interference calls. Um, but I mean it's it's tough. I mean you can't really I mean if that's what the refs feel like it is, that's what it is. So, you know, and there's no no blaming the refs, you know, at all. They play I mean they you know the, the Patriots beat us, you know, fair and square. There wasn't no, you know, blaming anybody. But um, there was a couple questionable calls. But at the end, we got to make plays as a defense to uh, to go to the next level, and uh, you know, we weren't able to do that today.
1: That coming from Barry Church, Barry Church giving his thoughts on the game, on the hit, on what happened with Rob Gronkowski. And I agree with him. And I brought it up multiple times on the show this week. Is that. How are you going to run at somebody? You can't hit them from the neck or above. That's targeting. You can't hit them from the waist or below because then you're trying to take their legs out, and you you get you get regarded as a dirty player by fellow people in the NFL by your peers in the NFL. You get looked at as a dirty player if you if you try to go below the waist. So you have to you have to go under the neck, above the waist, in that torso. Hit it perfectly, hoping that the guy doesn't shift his body, lean his head down, move in any way, shape, or form, and stays completely still for you to come at them running, like he said, 100 miles an hour. And these guys can get up pretty damn fast, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles. I mean, they're coming at you. 200 pounds, 30 miles an hour, that's going to hurt. So I don't think Barry Church was trying to hurt anybody. And I'm not saying that because I cover the Jaguars. I'm saying I cover the entire NFL. And I'm going to tell you what the truth is. I call a dirty hit a dirty hit. I don't think he was trying to hurt him. It's unfortunate what happened. I'm sure he knows and feels that it's unfortunate what happened. But at the same time, I think that he saw a big guy like Rob Gronkowski saying this guy doesn't drop anything. This guy makes very minimal mistakes. So I'm going to hit him as hard as I can to get him to drop this ball. And I don't think he was going for his head. If you go back and look at it, he led with his shoulder And, you know, you try to dislodge the ball with your shoulder or your elbow. He jumped with his shoulder, and the heads happened afterward, and Rob Gronkowski's head was tilted downward. So that makes it a little easier to knock heads with somebody. So just trying to state the obvious fact that I don't think that this was a purposeful act, and I think that those who think that he's a dirty player and this and that and should be fined and whatever, they need to understand the fact that if you don't know Barry Church— you can't really say anything about it. When you go back and you look at the tape, you have to you have to really think to myself, you have to think to yourself, is this a statement that I'm making because I'm a fan of the Patriots or is this a reality statement? Because the reality check of it all is looking at that play and saying, he didn't try to hurt anybody. He was trying to get him to drop the ball and he did. And it's just unfortunate what happened after the fact. But I don't think that Barry would sit here and tell you that he doesn't wish him well and hope that he's okay by any stretch of the imagination. The final conversation is my conversation with Malik Jackson, somebody who I always love sitting down and talking with, and his takeaways in his first two years in Jacksonville, just what he's seen from this team.
10: We take away that we have a tough, gritty team. We got guys that don't care about outside noise. Um, we have a quarterback that can go from <coughs> being questioned by his own fan base, being uh, put down by his own fan base and everybody outside to come in and prove everybody wrong and uh, stick with us. Um, we prove that we're an elite team in the AFC. We could take down all the big dogs, and we prove that we're meaner than a lot of other teams. So, I mean, if you're asking me what I'm looking for in that after this loss, that's what we take away,
5: but it's a f***ing loss. When you look at Blake Bortles, like you said, he's taken more than his fair share of criticism, just what you can say about him as your quarterback and the fact that he has created opportunities for this team just as much as the defense has. And the special teams, you guys have all kind of come together to do what you did this year.
10: Man, the most thing I can say about that man, uh, he's a competitor, he's a baller, and he's put himself in a beautiful position to take care of his family after this season. So I hope we can keep him here. Uh, he's going to help us go where we need to go. But I'm so happy for that man and what he's done for not only himself, but for this team, because uh, we couldn't have done it without him.
5: When you look at this defense and, and how tenacious you guys are, you know, Barry Church trying to make a play early on against Gronk, and, you know, he thought that he had led correctly, and he said it's really hard to go 100 miles an hour. And hit somebody in the right spot. True, we
10: could say. I mean it's one of those things that uh, those are the rules. You know, as defensive players, we could sit here and say, "What about gravity? What about him ducking his head in an instant? What about all this other stuff?" But uh, we had what a bunch of penalties, and they had one, so we have to make we have to play better ball. that's all that is.
5: When you go into a game like this, down 3 to nothing, and and take the lead for the majority of the game right until the end, just what you can say about what adjustments maybe were being made by Patriots, what you saw from Brady?
10: Uh, Adjustments, we had a great game plan. Our coaches went out there, we had two half half game plans where we could switch it up just like they switch it up. Um, We had a great plan, we stopped them on third downs, we got them off the field, gave our team uh, chances to to score and and move the ball. We just didn't capitalize on our chances and that's all it is. I'm not going to to and say uh, we had a lack of anything or we just weren't, or we weren't in the right spot or we just couldn't get it done. That's not the case. They just made plays and literally came down to one play at the end of the game, so they did it.
5: A couple of years ago it was a different locker room. You've said a lot of things about your faith and what you've seen in this team and, and your teammates said this is no fluke, this is no Cinderella. They expect to be back here. They expect that this is a place that they can be and hopefully change the tide next time. Just what you can say about that?
10: Yeah, man, we, we, we've proven a lot of people wrong. We put our, ourselves in a position to uh, be considered a serious team next year you know we're not the bottom of the barrel no more we're not the first team out of the playoffs or, or a team that people are going to be like oh forget about them uh we're not going to have people talking stuff about us at the end of the season we put ourselves in position to change the, the dynamics of the nfl as far as what fans are from from is spreading down to orlando and up to carolina and going eat west so i think we've done a lot of things it's just one of those things that uh special players i mean We lost today, but we've done a lot for this city, and I think we're going in the right direction as a team, but this team isn't going to be the same next year, so (laughs) predictions about where we're going to be next year and how good we're
5: going to be, I can't give you that right now. So You didn't ask me that, but (laughs) yeah. When you look at this city, though, and, and how they've gotten around you and how Duval has has expanded itself, and like you said, yeah. found fans all over the place. I mean, you were getting messages from Italy and Australia yeah. and everything.
10: I mean, it's also when you get fans, you know, especially blowing their stuff off, throwing the dust off their gear, you know. Um, being in Jackson when my first year was night and day from now. Yeah. Fans, you know, a little biased, weren't all the way bought in. Um, stadium was nowhere near field. Um pretty much gave up on us half the season, but this year was different because we gave them a product that they can believe in and a product they can continually uh, believe in and respect and know that we're going to give them a great game. So. Uh, then we had bumps and bru- or We had little bumps in the, in the season with the uh, military thing, you know, because we are a military town. So I think we grew a lot as a fan base and as a and as a team. to we respect each other a lot more. We understand each other's views, and we understand that we don't, we don't always have to agree, you know. So I think we've we've really built each other up to where next year and the years after that will uh, be a great cohesive uh, group. So I'm happy what the fans gave us, and I'm hope they're happy what we gave them, and hopefully we we'll continue it together.
5: What has Doug Marone done for this team in your opinion?
10: Marone has got brought in. Uh, just toughness, grit, discipline, respect. Uh, before this, before Doug, we didn't have no respect as a team. So he came in here and brought respect to the city, uh, brought players in here that can play the game right, and uh, gave us coaches that we can depend on and that can give it, get us right. So uh, thank you for that man. I hope also he can continue to uh, get his contract instead because uh, he was a huge part of what we did. So um, I'm happy for him. You know, I wish we could have took him further. But uh, they're a good team we lost to today. So uh, kudos to them.
1: That coming from Malik Jackson. Once again, Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a move that they made two seasons ago after he aided the Denver Broncos in winning the Super Bowl, came to Jacksonville that following offseason and has been with the team for two years. And When the team went 3-13 and 13 last year, he saw a lot in the team. We spoke about what he saw And the fact that he felt that the team was moving forward and there were some good things and there were signs that he was taking away from this team despite their struggles. And then you see where they got to right now. So a big shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars and to people like Malik Jackson who saw this in the past, saw positive moments that were coming up for this team, believed in the course, and believed that there was something here in Jacksonville. Because it's because of beliefs like that. And hopes and faith like that, that this team was able to move forward and do the things that they needed to do with the people that they had. With that being said, we're going to get on the line here in just a moment with Matt LaPan. Matt LaPan joining me to speak on the other side of this matchup, and very happy to have him here onto the show and on this broadcast. Not just the other side of this matchup, but in general, what's been going on with this team. The New England Patriots, they're the team that people love and the team that people love to hate love to loathe. So, you know, it's that winning team and that winning atmosphere. People got sick of the Cowboys after a while and the Patriots. There's that feeling with that now, too, of some people just saying, could anybody else make it to the Super Bowl, please? And then there's the other side of it of just seeing the dynasty that they are building and the fact that Tom Brady is in a place right now with eight appearances in the Super Bowl Nobody else has had that. Five Super Bowl wins, no other quarterback has had that. And in a place right now where if he wins this time around, he will tie the entire Pittsburgh Steelers franchise of the last 50 years with six Super Bowl rings. With that being said, Patriots writer at Pro Football Central and the host of Patriots Central Radio, Matt LePan, is with me right now. And I always appreciate... Spending a few moments with him. It's the first time he's here on the show and hopefully we can make more of a, more of a habit of this. Matt, how are we doing today?
6: Not too bad. Yeah, we can definitely make a habit of this. It I, uh, I was great to see you up here in Foxborough this past weekend and uh, we'll definitely make this more of a habit because I think this is a budding rivalry between the Patriots and the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, and and to take a look at that, you know, to you know, obviously in your coverage of the Patriots, there's a lot of success and, you know, a lot a lot of happiness for you to know that you can continue on and continue to move forward. You know that there's gonna be life after the regular season, but on the other side of it, the Patriots have seen a bunch of different teams. They haven't seen the Jaguars go this far since the nineties. What can you say about what you took away from the Jaguars and if they impressed you as somebody who covers the Patriots?
6: oh they absolutely impressed me I uh I completely I was one of the folks that probably everyone in Jacksonville hated because I thought that the Patriots would absolutely roll and I thought it was because of Blake Bortles I think the defense scared me a little bit but I thought that it would be a game for about a half and then it would come time for Blake Bortles and Doug Marone to make plays and make good calls and they wouldn't and I was wrong uh Blake Bortles was pretty good you know he lauded a lot of dink and dunk but that's if you can do that with success, you beat the Patriots, and they use their speed on the outside. And I think the entire Jaguars coaching staff did a tremendous job scheming things up against the Patriots until late. You know, and that—that's not a knock on them. That happens to the best of them. That's happened to Dan Quinn. It's happened to Pete Carroll. It's happened to now Doug Marrone. It's happened to the best and the worst coaches in the NFL. And uh, I was very impressed with the Jaguars. I think that to come up here and have the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, it's impressive. Not a lot of teams do it.
1: And there's a notion, speaking here with Matt LaPan, there's a notion that the, that the Jaguars don't have what they need, AKA, you know, not having a quarterback in Blake Bortles, not somebody that they can trust in and, and somebody that they can have faith in. There was a lot of outside noise about Blake Bortles. Now I've been a supporter of the post Blaine Gabbert era, giving Blake Bortles a fair shot He was told when he was at UCF that they had no business being in the Fiesta Bowl, and they went there and took total care of not only Baylor, but of the nation's thoughts on what UCF was and what they could do in that big-time bowl game. Then he moves forward. He's in the top five picks. He goes to Jacksonville. All the conversations about Johnny Manziel, and little to none of it is about Blake Bortles, who goes and plays in his In the third game of the season for the team, sat out the first two, Chad Henney starting, and then it's been Blake all the way through, and he has been able to stay healthy, knock on wood, to play 14 of 14 games as a rookie, and then play all 16, all 16, all 16, and then the three in this playoff series that they had from the wild card all the way through to the championship game, yet for everything that he has done and for the moves he's tried to make and the notion that he's had three different offenses in four years and 75 percent of the time he has to learn a different nuance, there's still been a lot of outside noise, a lot of outside hatred, and he's been the butt end of a lot of jokes. Did he show you anything in this game to make you take a step back and say, you know what, maybe Blake Bortles is a little bit better than people have expected of him?
6: I mean, I've always thought he was better than people say. I don't think he's, you know, quote-unquote trash, like Judevian Clowney says, or, you know, oh, I want to make him look like Blake Bortles. I think that's always been, you know, it's funny to hear other players say it, and then he goes out and beats them, this year at least. Um, I just don't know. I like Blake's game. I don't love it. I don't know if he can lead this team to a Super Bowl without a little more help on offense. So I think that if he does what he did in this playoff run where – he just protects the ball, you know, kind of check down, do those things. I think that they can have some success. I think they need a few more pieces around him, and their defense needs to grow up a little bit more for them to be able to do that, a la, you know, the the first half of this Patriots run where, you know, in one Tom Brady was a game manager. If Bortles is going to be that, that's great. But I think that, you know, it wouldn't hurt for them to look for a little competition for him because there's not – a whole lot pushing him from behind. I don't think they need to take a quarterback in the first round, but I think a little competition wouldn't hurt him, wouldn't hurt his career. And I think that they they need to go out and they need to secure him some legit weapons on the outside. I know that they had Allen Robinson he went down. You know, that's unfortunate. But they, they never really seemed to click as it was. When you look and you see Allen Hearns, Marquis Lee, Keenan Cole, Keelan Cole, Didi Westbrook, you know, Mercedes Lewis, who's he played well, but he's a hundred, you know, he's been, he might've been there. Was he there for the expansion? It sure feels like it.
1: <laughs> and he's been Jay there for Chuck. a very long time. He spent over a decade with the team. Yeah.
6: So I think that if they want to stick with him, they need to surround him with better talent and then, you know, rely on that defense. But I, I think that a lot of the, the hatred should go away after this playoff run. He didn't play great in the Buffalo game, or even really in the Pittsburgh game. But he came out and he played a great game. He executed the game plan just about to perfection and just came up that little bit short.
1: Yeah, you know, and speaking here, you know, on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, I'm proud to do so with Matt LePan. Matt LePan, you can find him with, as a Patriots writer at Pro Football Central and the host of Patriots Central Radio. To look at this team... On the other side of it, like you said, with, you know, with the Jaguars, a little more work to do. And I don't disagree with that. I think that, you know, Blake Bortles, obviously, they have to decide, do they want to keep Allen Robinson? Do they want to keep Marquise Lee? They don't have too many free agents out there this season unrestricted that they have to be concerned about, you know, but the, the nucleus you keep together when you have this much success, you try and keep everything together and then make a couple moves here and there, work on the offensive line, left guard, right guard, do some things like that, get some more depth in the in receiver and secondary and whatnot. But there is a lot of good to be said, or find somebody that's going to be good against the run on that run defense that struggled a little bit for the Jaguars this season to find someone in the draft that maybe you don't have to pay too much for to bring in that can be an immediate success. In this game, there has been the conversation of one penalty for 10 yards, six penalties for 98 yards. The Jaguars had a pass interference penalty on top of the unsportsmanlike conduct, the the uh, the roughness, unnecessary roughness penalty that was called on Barry Church on the hit on Rob Gronkowski. Now, previous to that, the drives for the Patriots in the first half were a field goal, a punt, a punt, a punt. And they were on their own 40-yard line before they got 47 yards of penalty that put them on the Jaguars' 13. They struggled to move the ball, and even on that first drive were held to a field goal. They couldn't really move the ball against the Jaguars in the first half until the penalties came. And in the second half, when the penalties came, it helped out again. What is your stance on that? Because I don't like to be, you know, the Jaguars lost fair and square. The Patriots won fair and square. But there is some merit to the Miles-Jack- fumble recovery and the play blown dead there is some merit to was that pass interference and there is the the side of it with Barry Church of saying listen he's a big guy I'm trying to hit him I led with my shoulder I'm not trying to hurt his neck I didn't want to go below the belt because I don't want to be marked as a dirty player how do you see all the penalties that happen in this game and to come out of the game seeing the discrepancy be so vast between the two teams
6: well, I'm not going to say the refs were good in that game because they weren't. But the, the Barry Church thing, it, it kind of – I laugh at it because, you know, Richard Sherman came out on Twitter and was saying, if you hit him low, you're dirty. If you hit him high, you're penalized. Okay, so you know if you hit him in the head, you're going to get penalized. That's just how the NFL is now. But I look back to last year, Earl Thomas, who's not as big as Barry Church, hit Rob Gronkowski square in the chest, punctured his lung, and made him fumble the ball. Why can't you hit him like that? Barry Church could have done that and could have absolutely destroyed Rob Gronkowski, who was, you know, open. And I get that you're afraid of bouncing off him, but if you put your helmet on his hip, he's going down no matter how big he is. And I get, you know, that's tough in a a bang-bang call, but I've always wondered why people think you can only either hit him in the helmet or in the knee. You know, there's a lot of space, especially with Rob Gronkowski in between. And um, quite frankly, I, I was surprised Church, after he knocked Rob Gronkowski out, Um, And then stood over him. Didn't get another penalty. I I was up in the press box with a lot of Jaguars Raiders, and they were saying that it was lucky. But, you know, there were some bad calls. I'll I'll agree to that, trust me. I think Patrick Chung had a couple calls late in the game that he could have been flagged for pass interference or at least illegal contact. Um, But in the end, you know, Cleet Blakeman is, um, before that game, was known as one of the biggest anti-Patriot referees in the NFL. And then... People saw him pat Tom Brady on the back at the end of the game and said, well, it's in the bag. You know, uh, refs do that after every game. It's just in that game it happened to be there, and people miss that he shook Blake Bortles' hand to start the game. So I don't think it was in the bag. I don't by any stretch of the imagination think so. I do think the Jaguars have legit gripes with some of the missed calls and some of the calls that were made. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't blame them at all for being questioning – the the level of refereeing. It hasn't been good all year. And on the biggest stage it's supposed to be better and it wasn't for them. Um, You know, it's unfortunate and if I was on the other side, I'd probably feel the same way. Um, But yeah, like I said, I I don't think there was any fixing or anything like that. I think that you know, unfortunately the, the flags flew, you know, some of them legit, some of them questionable. One way and not the other. And I think that the Patriots the past two years have been the least or second least penalized team in the NFL. So from the perspective of being up here, we don't see a ton of flags thrown against them regardless. And again, some people might say that's because the NFL loves the Patriots, even though, you know, there was the whole, it's a whole lot of stuff that it's just not worth getting into in terms of Spygate, Deflategate, all that stuff. Um, And yeah, I think the Jaguars have a great, but I don't think that it was huge deciding factor it swung momentum a little bit but in the second half the Jaguars had a lot of good opportunities and unfortunately this came a little short like I said I was super impressed with this team and and I don't think the flags are what necessarily brought them down at the end of the game I think that may have gone to more conservative play calling
1: that coming from Matt LaPan Patriots writer at Pro Football Central and host of Patriots Central Radio Matt before I let you go the, the the secret sauce, the the beauty that, that is the game of Tom Brady, to look at a guy who is a backup quarterback in college, someone who was drafted very, very close to the seventh round in his draft a long time ago, somebody who is getting older yet looks just as good, sometimes even better than he has in the past. There's a notion that Tom Brady, and I kind of, I can agree with this notion that Tom, somehow, someway, and this whole team, and Bill Belichick, that they can store energy and essentially play a game at 95%, store 5% somewhere in the ribcage, chest, somewhere. just put some energy somewhere in the body, and in that fourth quarter when they see that linebacker lagging or they see that secondary guy kind of huffing and puffing a little bit, that's when he kicks in that other 5%. There's something about finishing the first half, finishing the second half, second half comebacks coming back in games, no matter what they're down by, obviously the Falcons Super Bowl. And and that's, that's a big sign of this. You got to make phenomenal catches. You're always rolling the dice on yourself and hoping that it comes up snake eyes, but more often than not for the Patriots and for Tom Brady, it does. Do you believe in the notion that somehow, some way he can kind of play the game, but pack in a little bit of that extra energy toward the end to say, you know what, we're going to play this game, we're going to go almost full tilt, and then as soon as we see them lag, as soon as we see a mistake, we're going to attack it. Because somehow, some way, he always seems, and the team always seems, to have more energy at the most opportune time. What is it about Tom Brady, and what is it about the Patriots from your point of view?
6: Well, you know, it's um, one, of the, one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl DVD that they came out with last year was pretty much talking about exactly what you talked about in training camp and behind the fields at gillette stadium is the the training practice fields and they built specifically built a hill on the back end of the practice field and they make these players run up these hills after full training camp practices so i know that this year against the jaguars when there was the joint practices some of the jags players hopped in as well um You know, it was full tilt, and you hear Bill Belichick and one of his assistants, Dante Scarnecchia, who, for my money, is the best offensive line coach and the best assistant coach in the NFL, and he's been doing it for 40 years, always says, this is for the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. This is for those times we're down. This is for when you think there's nothing left. And it's just that attention to detail, that, that little extra, like you said, that 5%, the extra attention to detail, the extra sprints, and... For Tom Brady, I mean, he he's got that whole tv 12 method, and while some of it is, you know, a, a bunch of a, a crock, if I will, some of it works, and mentally it gives him that edge. And if he thinks he can get better at the end of the game, and he thinks he can get better with age, then it's that mentality, and it's knowing that they've been there before that gets them that little edge at the very end. And I think it's you know, the preparation, the mentality, and then the success. It continues to breed success no matter what situation you're in it doesn't hurt to be the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time
1: when you see this though I mean he's constantly banking on himself and banking on that belief that he's going to figure it out he's going to find a way to get it done I mean as somebody who covers the Patriots as devoutly as you do is it nerve-wracking and do you kind of do you kind of look at and say Tom you know you've been rolling this dice for a long time and and you know it keeps coming up snake eyes. It keeps coming up in your favor, but maybe, just maybe, that's not going to happen someday. I mean, it's easy to see that he's been successful for so long that y- you could keep rolling that dice and believe that it's gonna, it's gonna keep coming up the way that it needs to come up, and you're going to get exactly what you need to continue to, you know, beat the Vegas table. But is it nerve wracking, and do you kind of feel like sometimes this this surge back, just like in the Super Bowl? That it's like you know you're kind of you're kind of testing fate a little bit too much.
6: Oh, absolutely! Eventually, it's gonna run out. Eventually, and it it's probably sooner rather than later that that's gonna happen too. Um, and you know, I'm one of the people who I'm I'm kind of jaded because you know I've known almost nothing but winning in terms of my young adult and into my adult life with them. Eventually, it's gonna have to run out and. I was exhausted after that game because the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, it felt like the Super Bowl last year and when Miles Jack Forbes that fumble, I thought to myself, this is it, this is where it all comes down and you know, with the Seth Wickersham articles and the thoughts of cheating and X and Y and Z, you think eventually they're gonna lose that mentality and they didn't this time, but it's I know from I know it's not gonna last forever and I think Patriots fans know they just don't want to admit it. But yeah, it's it's exhausting. It's nerve-wracking. The Patriots fans around here, the the mentality lately has been, can we just get one? We get one Super Bowl where, you know, we want to blow it this year because we've had so many that have come down to the last play that we, we just can't handle it anymore. Our hearts can't handle it anymore. And they know if, you know, this could be the last chance to get a big Super Bowl win. And it could be the last chance overall to get a Super Bowl win. You just don't know. You don't know when it's going to come. You know, Brett Favre was good at forty; he sucked at forty-one. Peyton Manning was an MVP at thirty-nine; he sucked at forty. So you just never know when it's going to come. Tom Brady wants you to think he's going to be this great until forty-five, but father time waits for no one. So it's it's always on the in the back of our minds. We just don't like to admit it up here.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's that's the thing is, you know, when is time going to run out? But like you said, you've known really nothing but success and he has bred so much success with Bill Belichick and company that the feeling is it will continue to this day. The last thing that, that I want to speak with you on here, Matt, is just what you could say about you know how the environment is around there. I mean, walking into Gillette Stadium, for me, I've been in a bunch of different stadiums, walking into Gillette, seeing my shadow on the ground as I'm coming into the stadium and going into the media side of it, I all I could think in my head was the words this is a business trip. This is all business. This is a business trip. I mean, and, and just bring me into, because I felt it coming into the building, but you and I have been in the building. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that haven't been in it or haven't been in the scope of being in the press box and coming in and suit and tie and, you know, going into, you know, the studios and whatnot. Bring me into that because I felt that from the moment I was about 10 steps out of the building, I felt this is a business trip. Just what you can say about that.
6: Yeah, it's business, and you know, a lot of teams speak of that, too, because they come in, you know, kind of back roads from Providence, Rhode Island, and they're driving through neighborhoods, and all of a sudden, here come the lights of the stadium, and you just feel that difference. Um, You know, I've been to a lot of stadiums, too, and a lot of them, you know, they they let things go a little more, but here, you know, there's a heavy security presence there. It's all business. There's signs everywhere saying, you know, This is business, essentially. You know, they're saying that if you want to win, you have to be 100% all the time. And that's always the feeling inside of that stadium from Monday through Sunday. It's business. It's 100% laser focus. And there's plenty of fun to be had down there. You know, you were in the studio with us during the pre- and post-game show on Patriots.com that I helped produce. And there's fun, but when it comes to the game time especially, it's business. It is... Laser focus, it's one hundred percent. Look at what look at how Bill Belichick approaches game days, that's how he approaches every day. And that's that's all you need to know. How Bill Belichick approaches it is what every day is there.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, it's exactly how it feels in the belly of the beast, you know, and, and in a team that's you know, for all intents and purposes, that felt like walking into a Super Bowl and going into that game and having to play and that type of matchup, and if it says anything about anything, Bill Belichick was fired. He had a coordinator under him, and Nick Saban, who was also fired, and Tom Brady was a backup quarterback. So, and 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 just to kind of go off of that, really, really quick, they seem to draft better and make better choices. I mean, Danny Amendola, I think, gets lost on another team. Wes Welker did get lost on, you know, elsewhere. When they bring these guys in. And they're getting them through drafts, they're getting them through free agency, they're calling James Harrison and saying, hey man, come and play for us and have some fun. It seems like the Jaguars scouting, well, in the J- with the Patriots, I think the Jaguars scouting, and I spoke about it before you came on the air, Matt, that I think the Jaguars are doing a hell of a lot better in their research and picking the right people, but I don't think there's anybody better in the NFL than the Patriots in researching, scouting, and finding the right bodies to do what needs to be done. What can you say to that, and and what type of information can you give to that of covering this team on how they just seem to bring people into the building and 99% of the time make the right choice?
6: I mean, it's been the same system for 18 years. That's the biggest thing, the continuity and knowing exactly what they need. Whether it was, you know, Bill Belichick's been here the whole time, but you've really only had three offensive coordinators. You've had Charlie Weiss, you've had Joshua Daniels, and you've had Billy O'Brien. Defensively, you've only had a couple. You've had three, maybe four, depending on what you want to count Dean Pease as. And you have a guy, Nick Casario, who's come up through the ranks, and he's worked directly under Belichick throughout his entire career. You know, it's it's knowing exactly what needs to be done, exactly what button needs to be pushed, and following in line with Bill Belichick. I don't think there's anyone better at knowing what he wants out of his players and what he demands out of his players and who will bring it than Bill Belichick. And... (laughs) You know, that sounds like the biggest homer Honk answer, but I've worked on other teams, and, you know, there's new GMs every couple of years. There's new assistant coaches. There's new this. There's new that. Everyone here usually gets brought up from the lower levels, and they work their way up, work their way up, work their way up until they're a coordinator, until they're in the front office, all that stuff. And it's 18 years of continuity, and it's 18 years of the same button being pushed over and over and over that has led to it. And the Jaguars are doing a great job. I think that if they can keep together the – core that they have right now and keep drafting the way they have, but, you know, you've seen the improvements and I think that they're just needing to continue to build and continue with that continuity.
1: That coming from Matt LaPan being a part of the show, Matt LaPan is somebody that I've had the opportunity to get to know from different ranks, the collegiate ranks as well with the American athletic conference. And now spending some time at Gillette stadium, pro football central, you'll find him as a Patriots writer and the host of Patriot central radio Matt, as always, I appreciate it. Like we both said, we'll make more of a habit of this and make sure that we're speaking a lot more and, and sharing our thoughts back and forth. But thank you for everything and for giving me the gold card VIP treatment at Gillette. And I look forward to talking with you soon.
6: Uh, it's my pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you soon.
1: And make sure that you bring my lobster. So that's I will, all.
6: <laughs> I will bring the lobster rolls. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> all right. Have a good day, man.
6: Thanks, Dan.
1: Take care. That coming from Matt LePan once again. Patriots writer at Pro Football Central and the host of Patriots Central Radio. And we will be back in just a moment to speak with Mike Sofka from down at the Pro Bowl, which is happening in Orlando, Florida, the city of happiness and smiles. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
2: 702 4653. That's 315 702 4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate.
1: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue. 315- 487 2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash DT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always appreciate you taking some time on the live line. You can go to wakeupcalldt.com and go to the archive by clicking on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the downloadable app powered by Podbean, which is Wake Up Call DT. You can get all of that in one place on wakeupcalldt.com. So make sure that you jump on there and do exactly that. And if you haven't become a member of mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and or have not become a member of... WakeupCallDT.com. They're both free, they're both easy, and make sure you do it today so that you don't miss a moment of the action and everything that's going on. As you know, on Friday shows, there's Fantasy Football Friday. Mike Sofka and I are consistently discussing what's going on in the fantasy world and linking it to reality, giving you our thoughts on both scopes. So, how you can help out your team during the season in daily fantasy, and of course, giving you our thoughts on the games that are coming up. Well, The Pro Bowl game is going on, folks. That is happening this weekend. Little shift of the guard in the last few years to say that the Pro Bowl was going to be It's a nice little break after the championship round. Got a little Pro Bowl action. Then you go in to the Super Bowl. They moved it to Orlando, Florida after being in Hawaii for so many years. So it's been fun. It's exciting. It's interesting. And because Mike Sofka is down in Central Florida, he has the opportunity to shoot over there. And last year he hung out for a bit this year he did the same. So Mike is back on the show of, of FantasyFootball.com and we are here to discuss his Pro Bowl coverage right now. Mike, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good. And just uh, to take away what you saw from this, the Pro Bowl was something that I feel has gotten laughed off over the years, and it's pointless, and why are they doing it, and who cares, and yada, yada, yada. And then they moved it to Orlando, which is This city of, like I said, happiness and smiles and a good time. There's tourism everywhere. It is the tourist capital of the world in a lot of respects. So with that being said, I think that there's been a rejuvenation to the game from my opinion, but you're physically down there. Do you feel like the game has been rejuvenated or there's some some more fun or, or more care around it now that it's in a place like Orlando, Florida? Well,
7: you know, I think it's a celebration of the game, and I think the NFL got it right last year, realized it quickly re upped again for this year because they, Disney's involved. I mean, that's where, you know, all the auxiliary events, all the things that aren't the game itself. Most of them are right there on Disney property. And Disney is one of the few places in the world, not just the country, in the world that can pull off an event like this. It's an Olympic-type event where you have auxiliary activities, promotions, appearances, uh, fan-friendly areas. Then you got the players actually working, yet the fans have some access to the players. So, I mean, a place like Disney is able to pull it off. There's limited access. Not everyone can get in. You know they don't want the place to overrun. But if you think about it, when the game was in Hawaii, it was a great trip for the players. I'm sure, because I mean, who doesn't want to take their family to Hawaii? The problem is, unless you're living in Hawaii, it was a it was a real expensive trip. It's it's a long flight. There's a lot of East Coast fans. At least half half the NFL fans are are East Coast, Midwest, and you know it takes a lot to. to not everybody can pick up and go to Hawaii nowadays with airline travel affordable like it is and you know orlando market orlando area around disney as well as disney property itself there's plenty of opportunity for people to visit this market more affordably and just like hawaii who doesn't want to go to orlando and take a little vacation or or you know it's easy quick in quick out maybe a cheap flight but um overall the experience here is wonderful you know with the access they give you i was able to you know, communicate and touch base and meet and greet a couple players, and you know, it was, it, it, it's a nice thing. My my wife and I were both able to go, and you know, they have uh, kid friendly things. A lot of the activities are free; it doesn't cost you anything to get into the practices. But you do have to you have to register on the NFL Mobile Pass. But you know, they teach you how to do that right there when you get there. And you know, Disney does it right, so you know it's it, it's a first class event, and I'm glad I've had the opportunity to. To, to take part in the activities both last year and this year,
1: and when you look at that, how easy is it for a fan to? I know you just brought it up a little bit, but you know, when whenever somebody's thinking about the Pro Bowl, you know, there's the notion of, oh, well, Dan, I got to buy my plane ticket, then I got to get a hotel, I got to get a ticket to the Pro Bowl game, I got to do this, I got to do that. But the Pro Bowl does things all throughout the week. How easy is the access if you're not going to the game to be able to at least be a part of something? I could
7: be there every day if I chose to and it, it's I'm not doing anything you know that any other NFL fan throughout the country couldn't do you know you just log on to the NFL pass and they limit the access but if you're on top of your game at all even just a week or so out you can get access you couldn't get access to everything like even I got shut out on the pro on the uh, skills competition but that was no big deal I was there to you know see players meet players watch players watch practice you know, celebrate the game of football. Yeah, people say, oh, it's not a serious game, and oh, they don't play defense, and they don't hit, and they don't attack. Well, yeah, it's a celebration of the game. This isn't the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is next, you know, the following week.
1: Absolutely, you know, and I think that, you know, when you do have the events throughout the week, and it is an opportunity, like you said, for people to meet their favorite players, and get around them, and, and take pictures, and talk with people, and whatnot, and and watch them practice, and watch them play dodgeball, and have fun, and, and do all these interesting events, I mean, this this speaks very much Disney Wild wide, wide world of sports, you know, it, it brings up that whole, like, Disney, let's have fun, let's have a great feel, let's just see these guys out there, and show them our love and support, and what other place can you have team, you know, players from teams all over the country, and if 32 different teams were able to send people, that you could see your favorite player, if you live in Orlando, you could see your favorite players from the Chargers in LA to the Vikings in Minnesota to the Cowboys in Texas to the Jaguars just a few hours away. So, you know, the value of it, I feel like it was downplayed so much and disrespected. And, you know, like you said, it's a game where they don't play defense and they don't tackle. They don't do this. They don't do that. It's going to be ridiculous. But at the same time, it's not meant to be any of those things. It's meant to be a fun game and an opportunity for fans to be able to be around the players that they love and the players that they appreciate. And, you know, for that respect, I think the Pro Bowl being in, again, like I said, the, the Mecca of, you know, family fun time and the Mecca of tourism to throw it in Orlando is, is to say to a family, plan your Disney trip, go down to Disney, stay in one of the Disney hotels, go to the parks and do it around the Pro Bowl. And you could see the NFL and go to Disney and go to Universal, do all this stuff, in a week a week or two and you don't even have to go to the game you can have your son meet his favorite football player your daughter meet her favorite football player and you and your wife have a nice dinner and then two days later go to Magic Kingdom and watch the fireworks I don't know how you beat that as the NFL and connecting it with Orlando
0: yeah it's it's
7: wonderful and um you know just to give you an idea you know I was able to you're able to kind of pick and choose they have two practice going on basically at the same time. The NFC on one field and right next to it there's a set of bleachers that divides the two fields and then it's the AFC practice and, and I, I was able to get a spot like in between both fields. So I was able to, you know, meet some AFC and NFC players. For instance, I, you know, one of my son's And get an opportunity to meet some of these guys I haven't met. there's not a lot of player access you have to have you know you have to be near the front and you know the players walking by they will you know take the time for you more so than they would in a regular season game or a playoff game or something because again to them it's a celebration of the game they just happen to be getting paid win or lose and um they're there to have a good time as well and that was evident in the game last year a lot of players dancing around just having a good time I took my son last year It was tremendous he had a blast so you know, it is it is definitely a great opportunity, and I hope they're able to keep the Pro Bowl here in Orlando for a while. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's a, an amazing opportunity, an amazing event. And like I said, you know, there's so many different things to do. It it kind of brings me back to in in somewhat of a scope. It's a, it's different, but you know, same type of feel when they had ESPN the weekend at Hollywood Studios, and you could be around all these players. You know, and I got to work. Uh, one of the game shows that was there and and be a part of that and kind of the behind the scenes. So, you know, meeting Gary Payton and Chad Ocho Cinco and seeing all these people walk in and out of the building and Mike and Mike and spend some time with them. And it it was just, it was just a really, really cool opportunity. And Sage Steele was there and, you know, and, and Tim Tebow, that's where Tim and I met for the first time and actually got to sit and talk and kind of hang out for a little bit. So, you know, the, there's, there's that, excitement and that difference maker that Orlando is. And, you know, it just sounds pretty awesome to have that. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yannick, Yannick Nagakwe. I mean, he is, he is, he is a fun name to say as, as, you know, very much so, but it's him and Jalen Ramsey and all these AJ Boye and Malik Jackson and Telvin Smith, so many Jaguars being able to be a part of this. And obviously they want to play, you know, a week after that, they don't want to be playing in this one they want to be playing in the next one but you know at the same time to celebrate the Jaguars and to see their successes you and I haven't gotten to really discuss this uh, on the air but you know I was up at Gillette Stadium and like I said it was a business trip and the Jaguars came away a few points shy going to their first ever Super Bowl but darn it if they didn't impress some people finally I feel like it's taken forever but what were your takeaways from the game your your bullet points and and obviously I'm sure that they include you know, the defense, and they include Blake Bortles and the penalties and all that, but what were your takeaways from the game?
7: Well, first, I, I don't think Blake Bortles played bad. I, I don't think he did anything to take the game away from Jacksonville. As a matter of fact, you know, he did what he needed to do. They made first downs, they got some calls early, and they were able to capitalize, you know, a fourth down play. And, you know, the, Leonard Fournette looked pretty good. He, he ran for 76 and a touchdown. He caught the ball a couple times. I mean, T.J. Yeldon and his spot usage looked pretty good. And up and down, the defense was just dominant. They were controlling the whole game. You know, Alan Hearns, 80 yards, where's that been? Haven't seen that in a while. And You know, but then you flip the coin and you look at the Patriots. Tom Brady did just as well, if not a little bit better, with an extra touchdown than than Blake Bortles did. And, you know, we've said it before. We've we've clowned around with it, them being the evil empire from – you know, from Star Wars, but you know, you could see the tide turning in the fourth quarter. And with like nine minutes to go, and they were like down by 10 points or whatever, I'm sitting there going, wow, they're going to come back on them. They're going to, you could see it happening. You, and, and, and I give Brady all the credit in the world. You know, it's taken me a while to consider him the greatest of all time. It takes a lot for me to say that over some of the spectacular quarterbacks that have been in this league. But you look at his performance and what he's able to do with what he has to work with. This isn't a guy who's had top-level receivers. This isn't a guy who has a top-level running back. He's got role-player guys who he gets the best out of with his excellent play and his smart play i mean i don't even know if danny amadola would be rostered on some teams in the league and he comes up with a couple touchdowns so and critical ones so tom brady just makes the team and everyone else better tom brady makes first downs and i don't know about you but i saw it coming with like nine minutes ago i go oh this is it the patriots are going to win the game and and sure enough that's what happened hats off to jacksonville though A a great effort. I I can't even imagine what that feels like to have your heart ripped out of you at the end. But um, you know, I think they've arrived as one of the elite teams. They have a dynamic defense. They have some great players on offense, and hopefully, they can continue to put it together.
1: Yeah, you know that's and that's the thing with this Jacksonville team, and I've spoken about it all week long. Is you know they have something to offer. They have they have a group that you know needs to stay together. They have. Yannick Nagakwe, they have Malik Jackson and A.J. Boye and and Barry Church and and so on and so forth that need, you know, Talvin Smith and Paul Pazlesny and, you know, as long as Paul can play and as long as Paul wants to play and, and Miles Jack and company and Jalen Ramsey and whatnot, I would have appreciated if Jalen Ramsey didn't guarantee a Super Bowl and and swear about it and say all that stuff about it, because the Jaguars use the momentum of Pittsburgh's disrespect to win the game and then Jalen Ramsey went out and disrespected the road from there in a total ironic situation that made no sense because you capitalized off of somebody not respecting you and then you went ahead and didn't respect the road there forward but you know for the Jaguars moving ahead here there's they they need to keep it together you know you show success next season by taking everything that was good and keeping it together. I think Blake Bortles did a good job. You said you could feel it turning and I could feel it shifting in the gut of my stomach. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this game and I'm in the press box and I'm looking down at the field and I just got this feeling. And I remember looking over my shoulder and just getting that vibe. And then it kind of just hit my stomach. I felt it in my gut. Six minutes and one second. My wife said to me, she goes, when did you feel the change? And yeah, there were things happening throughout the game and whatnot, but she said, When did you feel it? What was the moment? And I said, six oh one. I remember looking at the clock at six oh one going, I don't think it's gonna happen. And, you know, and, and the Jaguars ended up losing this game by four. But you gotta look at it, Mike. I mean, penalties were a huge killer in this game. And I remember somebody had written an article like the penalties didn't do anything in the game and they didn't you know, they didn't affect the game, and apparently they didn't watch the game because the Jaguars Even though the Patriots were moving on that first drive, they held them to a field goal. Then it was punt, punt, punt. Then the touchdown came at the end of the first half because the Jaguars had given up 47 yards. The Patriots were still on their side of the field. They were on their own 40, and I don't care what team it is, when it is, where it is. When you give up all that yardage, almost 50 yards, to Tom Brady and put him on your 13-yard line, He's obviously going to score. There's no way in Sam Hell that Tom Brady is not going to score. You put a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees and yada yada. You put those people on your 13-yard line, kiss those seven points goodbye because they're going. They're going on that they're going on that scoreboard and they're going to affect you. But penalties were a killer in this game. I don't think Barry Church was trying to hurt anybody. And that is from me physically spending time with Barry Church this season, interviewing him from the like week one all the way to this game, interviewing him coming out of this one. He said to me, and, and we just played a little while ago, he said, Dan, I can't hit a guy from the neck up because it's targeting. I can't hit a guy from the waist down because then I look like I'm a dirty player and I get marked as a dirty player trying to take out the knees of other people in the NFL. And then people in the NFL, my peers, don't respect me. So I got to hit him in a perfect spot in this small window right in the middle of his body. And it's a very hard thing to do when I'm running full speed. I did the best that I could. He wasn't trying to hurt him. Now, people said, well, he was celebrating. Well, he got, he got Gronk to drop a pass. Who in Sam hell ever gets Gronk to drop a pass? B, you know, it's like, well, he stood over him. He did this. He did that. And, and, and the thing is, if you knew Barry, I don't know him personally and having dinner with him and whatnot, but to be around Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders, Barry Church to take his personality and Jalen. If Jalen was standing over him, nodding his head and saying stuff, I'm like, well, Jalen's a knucklehead. I mean, he's a hell of a football player, but Jalen Ramsey doesn't have the best personality in those situations and is very not mature in those situations. But in the case of Barry Church, this is a guy who's a veteran and he has maturity. I don't think he wanted to hurt anybody, but that play gets called. The pass interference plays get called. The Patriots only get called for one penalty for ten yards in the entire game. I don't know if I've ever seen a team get one penalty in a game. Can you know for that to be a normalcy in a full four quarters of play? So well, actually, actually, it did happen
7: before. It did happen before in two thousand and eleven. One penalty for eleven yards. You know, you know who the team was?
1: The Patriots. The Patriots.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's been it's been a long time, and I'm happy that you remember that. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you just say to yourself, "All right, you know what, Blake Bortles. They didn't move the ball late in the game. They punted inside of their own ten. It put them in a terrible situation. And then they didn't, you know, they, they didn't block well when it, or they didn't tackle well on that punt return and gave up 20 yards and put Danny Amendola on the 30. But the thing is, this team the entire game. You look at the first half, and like I said hold them to a field goal, punt, punt, punt before the touchdown that came from 47 yards of penalties. Second half, punt, punt, fumble. And that's how the Jaguars started up against the Patriots defensively. So, you know, this team was silencing the Patriots for all intents and purposes, for all stretches of the imagination. They were silencing Tom Brady all the way up into two drives in the four, you know, at the end of the game. And, I know that Tom Brady is a comeback kid, and I know he does what he does, and give credit where credit's due, and he is the greatest of all time, no matter what anybody says. Statistically, he is. At the same time, you have to feel like the wind is totally taken out of your sails, and that you got punched perfectly in the stomach when you get that feeling like you just can't take a deep breath, and that's how the Jaguars were left. I mean, Mike, you and I have watched this team for a very, very long time. You've been on site. I've been on site. This team did almost everything. They were at like 92 to 94% out of 100% of what they needed to do to be if the Patriots beating them you got to be 100%. They were 92 to 94 at times 96. How do you respond to something like that because it was all there for the taking and out, and and when you take away the penalties, Tom Brady was not stretching the field. Until late, I mean, the thing even in the end of the game, he wasn't stretching the field. He had to score from his from the Jaguars' 30-yard line. So there was really no drive where you could say, "Oh my God, Tom Brady went the whole length of the field. He marched him down the field. The penalties marched him down the field, and then he took care of a short field." And Tom Brady's going to do that because he's Tom Brady. You put him on the 30, the 20, the 13, he's going to score. But the Jaguars did not give up a full field advantage. To Tom Brady in that game.
7: Yeah, you know, and I, I think the Jaguars are just young enough to remember how this feels next year. They're, they're going to be back to a level like this. They're, they're going to be back in the playoffs. They're going to have some opportunities to go to the Super Bowl. And I think this is a tremendous opportunity on their growth curve as, as you know, as men and as athletes and as professional football players you know, when you get that gut punch, you remember it. You know how that feels. And you don't want to be there again. And I think it just helps them take it to the next level. You know, I think it was their youth and experience that allowed Tom Brady, who has the veteran presence and the experience behind him, to be able to pick apart that Jaguar defense. And yes, with the benefit of some penalties toward the end, but you know, it's Tom Brady. You know, you got Tom brady is what I can say. You Jacksonville, you got Tom brady And, you know, until you are able to continue and get somebody or get Blake Bortles to perform at a level like he did in the first half for the whole game, because he didn't do them any favors. He didn't hurt them, but he didn't do them any favors in the second half either. So, you know, you got to get a consistent. Performance out a Blake Bortles. Now, you know, things could change over the summer here with the, uh, you know, quarterback movement throughout the league. You don't know what's going to happen. I think, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And for what you're going to pay Blake, I think you have to pay him. Even if you're going to bring somebody else in, I think you have to hang on to what you have because, you know, there's no telling what, yeah, there's no telling if somebody else coming in is going to be any better in that position. Jacksonville's got an excellent running game. they got some depth at receiver. They don't have that one guy who can wow you. And they have an awesome defense. And that's the, that's that's what you need to win championships. You need a good defense. Defense wins championships. And that's why Jacksonville will be back in the mix soon enough.
1: That coming from the man, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. I don't disagree with you that the Jaguars need to show that this is not a Cinderella story and that they're not waiting for the other glass slipper, but they, in fact, are wearing whatever they damn well please want to wear on their feet as they move forward in this game. And you and I will be back next week to discuss the Super Bowl because we'll be talking on Friday. Super Bowl will be on Sunday. And outside of that, I hope you have a great time down there in Orlando. Please enjoy the weather for me. I hope to be back down there soon, and I appreciate everything as always. You can find Mike at halloffamefantasyfootball.com. That's Mike Sofka. Check them out. Have some fun. Jacksonville Jaguars, who would have thunk it? Best turnaround story maybe in all of sports, 3-13 to 12-7 and, and four points away from going to the Super Bowl. Mikey, Mike, thank you so much for all that you've done. I appreciate it, brother. All right. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka once again. We'll take a final step aside to wrap up the show in just a moment.
0: This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
1: Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you, and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315 214 3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. The name Lee's and Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Lee's and Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York, minutes from the Carrier Dome, and your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Lee's and Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre game inside their walls, Leeson Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 1030 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 1030 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m. and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. The Penn and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family if you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime the Penn and trophy center 111 east willow street in syracuse new york where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime welcome back here to wake up call with dan tortora on wakeupcalldt.com your one-stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall DT here having some fun with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and sometimes we go over because I love talking with you. So that's what we did today. That's what we've pretty much done all week Let's go a little bit over a couple hours here on the show. Have yourselves a phenomenal weekend. Find me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, and make sure you stay close in all ways, shape, and form on wakeupcalldt.com, which has Facebook, Twitter, Instagram the YouTube channel for Wake Up Call TV, the MixLR live feed on the homepage, and right underneath it, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the downloadable app powered by Podbean. We are very, 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 very close to 100,000 downloads and over 300,000 plays because of that and because of that opportunity. So we're very close to 100,000 downloads, and we are passing 14,000 live listening and uh, on on our total numbers here on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Let's continue to break records and do amazing things together. And we're and i just I can't I can't thank you enough. I really honestly can't thank you enough. Thank you for showing up for trivia on Tuesday nights at six p.m. at Sammy Malone's in Baldwinsville. Thank you for coming to Game Show night at Muddy Waters at 7 p.m. on Thursdays in Baldwinsville. Thank you for coming out to the live pregame show for Syracuse men's basketball and football home games two hours before tip-off and kickoff. And The next one we have is February 3rd with myself and Gene Waldron standing in for Dale Shackelford, who will be out of town. So Gene and I will be at Lee's at 2 p.m. on Saturday, February 3rd. And at 4 p.m., they will tip off against Virginia at home in the Carrier Dome. Trying to win in a rematch of their 68 to 61 loss on the road after Syracuse has two road games against Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech coming up. So, with all that being said, there's so much going on. Please stay close. Join me on social media because that is the easiest way for you to know everything that's going on and become a member of mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. And the last thing I have for you is buy your tickets for the CNY Pop Festival featuring numerous Syracuse athletes and entertainers by going to cnypopfestival.com and clicking on Buy Tickets Now. God bless you, and have a great day.